0: Hey, everybody, it's Lon Seidman, and it's time for your weekly wrap-up. And I want to begin first, as we always do, by thanking our newest Patreon supporters. We have Robert Stroud. Patrick Holmstrom, Rainer Hogelmeyer, and Dave Flannery, who gave via the tip jar. I want to thank everyone who's contributed this week, as well as everyone who has contributed over the last couple of years, and everyone who watches on a regular basis, too, because all of those things equal channel growth. And we don't have an advertiser this week on the wrap-up, so we're doing another non-ad, and we're going to go back to Blue Apron. And if you click my affiliate link down there, you'll get three free meals to try out the service. And the way this works is they give you a bunch of stuff to choose from every week. You can go uh, as little as two meals a week or uh, up to six, I believe. And the stuff gets to you in a box once a week. And you've got all the ingredients you need. Uh, to make some really good dishes. In fact, some of them might rival what you might get at a restaurant, even if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, The instructions have been very helpful. Uh, Last week, I did the ancho beef tacos and spicy sweet potatoes. That was pretty good. Uh, The crispy chicken and fig pan sauce is on the docket for tonight. Uh, There's also a vegetarian dish that I got this week. They always have a couple of vegetarian choices Uh, crispy potato and uh, kale hash. And one of the funny things about uh, the vegetarian dishes is that I haven't really been all that crazy about vegetarian dishes in the past. And uh, this has been a way to kind of expand my uh, culinary uh, preferences a little bit more. And I've actually liked just about every single one of the Uh, vegetarian dishes that I have prepared through Blue Apron. So definitely check it out, lon.tv slash Blue Apron. I use it all the time. Now this week I did not shoot as much video as I was hoping to shoot, so our extras channel offerings are a little uh, sparse. I did an unboxing of the Apple AirPods that I Uh, UNBOXED ON MY TRAIN RIDE HOME FROM NEW YORK CITY LAST WEEK. AND I ALSO UNBOXED THE YALE ASSURE LOCK THAT I REVIEWED LAST WEEK AS WELL. ON THE MAIN CHANNEL, WE HAD THREE VIDEOS DONE THIS WEEK. AGAIN, I WAS uh, TRAVELING AND DOING SOME BUSINESS DEVELOPMENT STUFF, AND THAT TOOK ME AWAY FROM SHOOTING VIDEOS. BUT uh, WE DID DO A FULL REVIEW OF THAT YALE ASSURE SMART LOCK. We also did a uh, finally a kind of a comprehensive look at my entire uh, cord shaving setup here that I have in the house. So I kind of detailed every component that I'm currently using for uh, bringing in live TV uh, into my network and recording it and playing it back later. So you can get a full sense as to everything I'm doing with that in that 23 minute video. This has turned into quite a uh, number of hours of content on this topic. It never ends because it's always an ongoing project. And I also went to Pepcom in New York City, which is one of these trade shows that I attend every couple of months, and they had a couple of cool things at that show. It was a smaller one than they usually have because uh, in January is their big CES show where you've got uh, hundreds upon hundreds of companies there uh, that will be definitely going to in January. But uh, this was kind of a a smaller offering, but there was still some cool stuff that I saw, and I uh, shared those experiences with you last night in that 6-minute and 42-second video there. And now it's time for a couple of things that are on my mind, and this is week number 37 of me doing this as a full-time exercise in. Uh, last week was a very challenging week from a production standpoint because I was gone uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I had business meetings here in uh, my home state before I left for the growing the channel. I've got some things I'm working on. And I also had an issue where the person who comes and cleans the house was cleaning the house on a day that she doesn't usually do it. So the vacuum cleaner was going for a full day. So that knocked out a day of production. So I tried to get as much done as I could in about a day and a half. And then I also was scrambling to get something done for next week uh, right before i met the train so it was a really uh, cramped week from a time standpoint and that's one of the frustrations sometimes that i have as a youtube creator is that this is kind of an artisanal thing it's almost like somebody that makes uh you know one-off uh, arts and crafts kinds of products in that if i'm not here to make the video it doesn't get made and it's often frustrating when things interrupt my shooting schedule or I have to leave the office or get caught on a conference call for a long period of time Uh, There's a lot of things that kind of interrupt the flow of things. And in order for the business to grow, I do have to take time off from shooting to uh, work on those meetings and whatnot. So uh, that's one of the, you know, one of the challenges you face here is that you don't often have as much time as you think you might have because there are other factors to the business, but uh, thankfully I did get at least three videos up. I always try to get a minimum of three plus the wrap-up every week, and I was able to get to that point. At the end of the month, I'm going away for a couple of days just for a little vacation, so that's going to uh, impact things a little bit, too. So for next week, I've got to basically do two weeks of content uh, in one week, so I'll probably be working weekends and over the Thanksgiving break here to catch up on everything. But that's one of the challenges that you have, but there's also a freedom involved with being self-employed, which I would not sh- trade for anything, so although I miss. Having having some holidays where I could just veg out and do nothing. I do like the fact that I can control my own destiny here, which has been really good. So I went to that Pepcom show on Thursday evening in New York city. And then on Friday, I was over at the YouTube space for a good portion of the day uh, on two different activities. The first was a training that I got a one-on-one training for lighting. Uh, Lighting has been one of my biggest frustrations here on the channel. I really didn't uh, take that class in college. I took all these other production classes, but not the lighting class. And while I think I have the lighting good enough for, uh, just getting videos cranked out. I was never pleased with it. I'm still not pleased with it. But uh, they connected me up with a a really talented director of photography that's won a bunch of Emmys. And uh, he helped guide me through the process of understanding some of the fundamentals. And we uh, kind of replicated my lighting setup here in the studio and then uh, came up with some new ways to light everything that I think will look a little more professional without having to uh, make me look like everybody else. And that's been my big concern was still maintaining this uh, weird thing that I've got going on here that seems to be working. So I think I've got a good solution over the next couple of weeks. I'll be uh, slowly making some changes. I do have to buy some new lights and some new equipment to uh, get all of this stuff implemented. But I'm quite pleased where I I think I really know where I want to go now with lighting and make it look a little better. So stay tuned. We're going to have some good stuff on there. And that's one of the great things about YouTube is that while there are a lot of frustrations when you're depending on your living from that uh, company and its big algorithm, there are a lot of nice things that they do for creators of all sizes, including having these YouTube spaces of available. They do uh, larger trainings for smaller channels, and they also have, of course, the production facilities there that you can use if you have 10,000 subscribers or more. Uh, so there's really some good things that they do for us, especially given uh, how hard we work on these things, and this was a great example of that. And then after that training course was over with, they reset the room, and I had the tech creator meetup that I was talking about over the last two weeks. Had about 10 people show up, which was great, so we had a good uh, turnout of other people in the New York City area who are creating tech content, we're going to try to meet up on a regular basis. Now it's one of these hands-off things where uh, the YouTube folks are there to help us, but really this is a uh, you know a creator-driven activity. And I'm thinking I might want to do these maybe quarterly or something. And. Uh, what I'll be doing is setting up a Facebook group uh, for tech creators that are in this general area. So, if you're in New York City or can get there relatively easily, I'll be setting up that Facebook group and I'll uh, put a link to it down below in the description, or you can email me at lon at lon.tv and ask to be invited to it. And uh, hopefully, we'll get more people to show up to these events in the near future. One of the things that I was hoping to do over the, the long haul with this is that uh, we could create a, a kind of a, a scenario where if somebody goes in to create some content, some of the other tech creators come in to help that creation of content. There's a collaboration that's done and everybody can help each other shoot their videos as well because one of the challenges with the YouTube space is that although you've got all this great equipment, you have to bring a crew with you. There's nobody there to uh, do stuff for you. So this might be a good way for us to be able to take advantage of this great resource and I uh, have a crew that can come in and we can all work on each other's videos while we're there. So that's my uh, my long-term plan. I hope I can find enough creators that are interested in doing that. And again, drop me an email at, lon at lon.tv if you want Want to be a part of that. Uh, no subscriber minimum on the Facebook group. And in fact, the uh, meetup we had had a few people that were under the 10,000 that they were uh, stipulating at the get-go. So I think there's probably room for people with smaller channels here. And I certainly want to welcome smaller channels in because everyone who's big started off small. And I think it's really helpful to have a good mix of small channels and large channels to help each other grow. And now it's time for some news. And I want to give you my two cents on this whole Battlefront 2 controversy. And uh, as you all know, I like to play games, but I don't have a lot of time to play games anymore. So usually I pick a game or two a year and I really put some time in on it, and I was really hoping to do that here with Star Wars Battlefront 2, but I've decided not to purchase the game uh, based on EA's business practices related to it. So the bottom line with this, if you haven't heard what's going on, is that uh, the first Battlefront game, which I also purchased, ended up costing about $100 when you factored in all the uh, add-on expansion packs that they had and everything else. And players felt like, you know, it was a good game, the graphics were nice, but it was very limited in its overall gameplay. It was a multiplayer only game, there wasn't a lot of depth. it there there was a couple different game modes but uh, really i don't think rose to the uh, value of what they were charging for it and when they announced battlefront 2 they said to players hey we understand you all paid a lot of money for the first game that was our first effort we want to reward that with a new game that's not going to have any add-on packs you're going to get the full experience uh, for $60. And a lot of people were very excited about that, myself included. But then it became apparent that, of course, they had another plan in mind, which was to uh, factor in some microtransactions that uh, players could do to get themselves ahead in the game, but some of those microtransactions involve the equivalent in my opinion of gambling where uh, you're paying for these virtual crates and uh, inside of the virtual crates might be an item that will give you an edge in some of these multiplayer battles and uh, it was also some microtransactions involved with unlocking some of the uh, hero characters that you might want to play in the game and it was possible to unlock those on your own but you'd have to put in many, many, many hours sometimes as much as 1200 hours by some player estimates to really uh, get everything that you want, that you should have paid for in the first place to actually work in the game. I don't have that kind of time, and I really don't believe in uh, these microtransactions and playing uh, gambling loot crates or anything like that. So I ended up deciding not to buy Battlefront 2 this week when it came out because I, I just feel like it's not a $60 game. It should be maybe costing less than that if their plan is to supplement with microtransactions. Now, what's happened, though, is that Uh, Disney's brand manager apparently called Electronic Arts, who uh, is making this game, and told them to turn it all off because they're hurting the Star Wars brand here as a result. Uh, This was a big story. It's made its way out of the gaming press into the mainstream press. Many uh, publications have talked about this, and it really uh, hurts Disney right now because they're promoting The Last Jedi, which is a movie that releases next month that is hotly anticipated. So... Uh, They got a slap on the wrist here at Electronic Arts, and those microtransactions will likely come back after they've done some more, quote-unquote, rebalancing of the game, as they say. But this got me to thinking, which is why are games still $59? I think publishers have decided not to take any more risks here, uh, charge a set amount of money for the game, get as much as they can get into that game for that price point, and then uh, ding everybody with these really crazy transactional fees along the way to uh, try to squeeze more revenue out of something. And if the game's a hit, maybe they'll make a little bit more money, but if not, they didn't risk all that much in the first place. But that hasn't been the way gaming has always been. In the past, uh, games used to cost what they cost, and if it was a good game, uh, the publisher would charge a little bit more money for it to try to make back all the expenses it took for them to make that good game. Let me give you an example of, of something like this, because I was watching the Metal Jesus Rocks channel the other day, and he was talking about Wing Commander, which is one of my favorite uh, games of all time on the PC. And in 1991, they came up with the sequel to the original Wing Commander called Wing Commander 2. And at this point, the game had a huge fan base. People were really excited for this game. They put a lot more into this game than they did in the first one. And they charged in uh, 1991 about $50, $49.99 for the game. And uh, they added some new features for people that had the hardware, uh, namely a sound card and enough processing power, and you could get full speech while you were playing the game. So the characters would shout at you while you're in your space fighter. It was totally awesome. Uh, People hadn't seen anything so cool before. It was almost as good as uh, a Star Wars movie, at least for us back at that period of time. Excellent game, Uh, $75 in total cost when you factor these two things together. And if you look at the uh, 2017 equivalent cost when you factor in inflation from 1991, uh, this game was about $137 in today's money. That's a lot of money for a game, but you know what? It was a good game. It was really well put together. The publisher knew what we wanted as fans and really uh, gave us something that I felt at the time was worth the money. And it's a game I still play every once in a while on an emulator now. It's a fantastic title. And they added on a couple of uh, new mission discs. So they had two uh, special operations packs, I think they called them, and uh, those were about 25 bucks a piece, and they added a tremendous amount of new gameplay to uh, the game and expanded on its story. Again, all in, you're spending a lot of money over time, but you got a lot uh, for spending so much. There's a couple of other examples, too, like the... Uh, Sega Master System had the original Fantasy Star game. Uh, here in the U.S., that game cost $75 new in like 1988 or so. So that was a big, hefty price to pay, but the game was good, and the publishers knew they had a good game because they invested the time and money uh, to make something that players really wanted to play. And I'm feeling now that publishers really are not taking any risks anymore. They're putting these games out at the bare minimum price, and then if it's successful, they'll make a lot of money back on microtransactions. If not, they'll, uh, they'll be be okay anyhow and there's really no publishers that are really standing behind their work anymore and that was what was kind of surprising about electronic arts was that They really hype this game up saying, we're going to put everything into this game and give you a great game, yet it doesn't seem like they really trust their work and are hedging their bets on the fact that they can make money off of these additional microtransactions later because they don't want to charge what the game really should cost. And maybe they should start thinking about doing that. I'm of the opinion that a lot of gamers would pay more if the game was good and worth the money, but uh, this is the era that we're in apparently. And now it's time for some Q&A from you, the viewers. And our first two questions come in from Dustin and Jose. Uh, These are a follow-up to my cord shaving summary video that I did uh, last week, and they were uh, wondering about HBO Go on the NVIDIA Shield, because uh, if you have Comcast like I do, uh, the HBO Go app on its own does not work, because Comcast won't let you use it. They are just a terrible company, and this is one of the things that they do to make your life miserable. However, there is a workaround, which I should have mentioned in the video, which I'm going to show you now, and that is Uh, to use your mobile device with the Chromecasting option. So if you have an NVIDIA Shield or other Android TV device, uh, they will show up on your network as a Chromecast might, and you can use that feature uh, to watch HBO Go. So what you do here is look for this little icon, and you'll see that icon if it detects any of these castable devices on the network. And as you can see here, I've got my list of uh, shield devices that I can then toss the video to uh, while I am watching. And that's how I get around that restriction. It's kind of foolish when you think about it because you can just cast it over to your NVIDIA Shield. It works fine, yet they don't want you to use the native app. Doesn't make any sense to me, but uh, that's Comcast for you. They always try to make your life a little miserable and they certainly succeeded in doing so there. But again, if you got a Shield and a phone, you're good to go. Just cast it. Now, this next question comes in from Mr. Special R and he's asking about. Uh, what budget Android tablets are out there from name brands as opposed to importing products from China, which he says is not a really good idea in his country. I'm not sure what country he's in, but uh, I can understand maybe looking for a more name brand product versus some of the cheaper ones we look at here. And one of the problems that I've been seeing in Android tablet world is that there are not many options. And uh, the best tablet that I have Uh, Long recommended was the Nvidia Shield K1 tablet. It's an 8-inch tablet, but very powerful for uh, an Android tablet, especially at around its $200 price point. Unfortunately, uh, that one's not being made anymore. Uh, What I did do, though, is I've been playing around with this new platform called Kit, and I did collect a bunch of relatively inexpensive Android tablets from name brands: uh, Lenovo, Huawei, uh, a few others. I haven't tested many of these yet, so I don't really have an opinion on one one way or the other. But uh, they generally perform about the same, so. Uh, what I'll do here is give you a link to this thing on my uh, new kit site so you can check through a few of those different tablets there and also in the master playlist or in the, actually in the video description down below I'll link to my uh, full list of tablet reviews and I do have a number of name-brand ones in there I know I've got some recent ones on Huawei and Lenovo uh, so you can see what's out there I think Lenovo has probably got the widest range of tablet choices they make some good devices and uh, the Huawei's out there are pretty nice as well though they have some higher priced ones that have slightly better build quality perhaps than you might you might see at a $200 price point. But there really hasn't been a lot of development on Android tablets. I have a feeling that uh, they're just not being produced because there's just not a lot of consumer interest in them, mainly because these Android phones can be so big, they're about the size of a tablet, and maybe people prefer that over an actual dedicated tablet device. I would love to hear from all of you, though, about uh, different tablets that you think might be worth taking a look at down in the comments below. I'll try to get a few more into review. And this last question comes in from Possibly Insane, and it's another Comcast-related uh, beef here. Uh, he says that you can't beat Comcast, which was the title of my uh, video from last week, because they will raise internet prices dramatically and we will be able to do nothing about it. And he's right about the fact that they could do that, My experience, though, has been that they are not, because where I am, maybe I'm just in a good spot for Comcast, but uh, my speed has gone up by uh, 2x over the last maybe eight years or so, so I started at around 100 megabits per second, Now I'm pulling down about 250 megabits per second and I'm still paying exactly what I paid about 10 years ago and I really haven't seen a cost escalation uh, in quite some time from them, yet the service has gotten better, it is more reliable where I am, I know I'm talking about Comcast here, but uh, believe it or not, even though they have no real competition where I live, Uh, They do a pretty nice job of getting my service to work properly, and that might be a unique situation. I know a lot of other people have uh, other opinions of the company, but uh, my experience has been good. However, I do think we need more options for internet, especially in places where I live, where it's very difficult to bring broadband internet to people, and uh, I'm very fearful that at some point Comcast might just decide to hit a button and charge me a lot more money. A lot of you have been discovering now that they're putting on data caps that uh, impact your ability to stream things from other services. So there's a lot of things that they're doing uh, to make it more difficult. But so far, it's been a good experience for me. I just wanted to make that clear that although I do think the company has some horrible business practices, uh, my experience with them here has uh, largely been a good one. But I will always be vigilant about that statement. So we'll be on the lookout for anything else that comes up. My Q&A for all of you this week is that we're getting into the holiday season. I always like to do a top five product thing of the year, like the top five products that I felt were really good of the ones that I reviewed since the beginning of 2017. So I'd love to get some feedback from all of you about some of the reviews that you watched of mine and maybe tell me about some of the favorite products that I reviewed that uh, should make that list. I might also do a secondary list of things that are still good uh, even now because there are a lot of products that have been out for a couple of years. I'm thinking about that NVIDIA Shield TV again that... I still very comfortably and enthusiastically recommend to people, and I'm probably going to do a little bit of that as well in that upcoming wrap-up video for the holiday season. So definitely let me know your thoughts on that. And our channel of the week this week is another podcast that I like to listen to. Uh, This one is called The Not-So-Common Podcast, and... The host of that is Pat Contry, who's also known as the NES Punk. He was looking to do something a little different, and I've been uh, enjoying this quite a bit. And what he's been doing is bringing on other YouTubers. And uh, we must have the same taste because he brings on all the people that I like to... Uh, watch on the platform so he had Metal Jesus on he had boogie two nine eight eight on he also had Rich from Review Tech USA another guy I like to watch here so uh, good stuff if you want to learn a little bit more about your favorite podcast and YouTube creators definitely check out his new podcast he's got some great interviews that really go in depth with people and it was really uh, it's really been a good listen he's a very good interviewer and I think you might enjoy that as I did so this week I've got a bunch of stuff planned I'm really hustling now because we're in the thick of holiday season I've got a growing list of things to do and I've got some traveling go Going on, so I've got to really bulk up on the reviews here. So uh, there will be some Apple products this week, just be ready for them. Uh, We're also going to be taking a look at the Moto X4. I know I talked about this last week, but we ran out of time. So uh, this one has been evaluated and is ready to go. So we'll be having a review of that coming up in the next day or two. This is Motorola's mid range phone, and it's a pretty nice one at that. So you'll see more about that in a minute. I also, when I was in New York City, picked up a couple of things at the Apple Store. Uh, As it turns out, where I usually stay in New York City has an Apple Store about 10 blocks away, and I made the mistake of walking over there and walked out with some stuff that I bought. So the first thing I picked up was the Apple TV 4K. There were a few viewers who were curious as to how this compares to the 1080p version, so we'll be exploring that in a review, and then I'll point people at the original review because that's largely still relevant Uh, for the product here. The other thing I bought, which I was really surprised about because I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, Uh, are the AirPods. They're not cheap, they're about 160 bucks or so, but uh, these are wireless headphones or earbuds that connect up with your Apple devices, and it's a pretty nice experience actually, and I'll be uh, doing a full review of these. They work beyond just the Apple ecosystem, they're Bluetooth compatible, but uh, pretty nice little earbuds if you're looking for something portable, and we'll we'll be exploring that a little later in the week. I've got a bunch of other stuff coming in too, so don't worry, it's not just an Apple week, there's just a bunch of stuff that I gotta figure out uh, timing on, so we'll have a good mix of uh, brands this week. Now, if you want to help the channel, you can. You can go to lawntv slash Patreon and make a, a monthly contribution to the channel. We also have the tip jar set up at lawntv slash tip jar if you want to do a one-time contribution. And of course, we're taking PayPal if you're overseas from the United States at lon at if you want to help out the channel that way. We also have our ongoing relationship with Plex. You can sign up for a free Plex account. No credit card required at lon.tv slash Plex. We'll get a small commission for that. You can also gift a Plex pass to somebody. That's a good holiday gift, actually, at lawntv slash Plex gift, and we'll get a chunk of change for uh, that as well. So that would definitely help us out. We also have a bunch of other channels that you may not be aware of. The Extras channel, of course, is where I unbox all the stuff that I end up reviewing on the channel and have supplementary content. I, just like Pat Contrary, have my own podcast right now. It's mostly this show, but at some point I do want to do a a longer form podcast that might be better in audio form than just a a long YouTube video. So just uh, subscribe to that on your favorite podcaster, uh, podcatcher, I guess. Uh, We also have the Snippets channel. I think we're going to rename this to Highlights. Corey had a good idea earlier uh, today that snippets might not be the best description for it. Highlights might be better because we are pulling things out of Uh, my other videos and putting them into a searchable form for that channel so uh, that one just got monetized we're gonna be doing a lot more with that kind of pulling out portions of this show and some of my reviews for that so Uh, Look for that. The VidMe channel is mostly the same as the Extras channel. And then, of course, we've got my live streams, uh, which you can find at lon.tv slash live streams. Those are archived. Uh, After we get through the Thanksgiving holiday, I will probably come up with a game plan on the live stream that I keep talking about. But as you know, timing is always difficult, and I'm just trying to get the right time. I do appreciate everyone's feedback last week about the best time to do a live stream. I'll be taking that into consideration when... Uh, planning out that regular live stream that i want to do and of course if you want to be notified as to what i'm doing ring the bell and then you'll always get notifications on the channels when i upload stuff and i know a bunch of you have been uh, responding to my videos with notification squads so i know a lot of you are doing that so if you never want to miss a video click the bell we also have some ways to engage with the channel the email list is at lon.tv email i'll be doing more with that as we start doing more live streams I post a lot of stuff throughout the week on the Facebook page lawn.tv/facebook, and of course we've got the store at lawn.tv/store where I resell the things that I bought to review here on the channel. I've got a bunch of stuff up there, so uh, if you want to see more things that I can buy here to review, I got to get rid of some of the older stuff. So uh, take a look. If you don't like the price, make an offer lon at lawn.tv, and maybe you'll get yourself an even better deal. If you want to get notified whenever I add things to the store, you can go to lawn.tv/store alert and get an email every time something new shows up there. So that's going to do it for this week's weekly wrap-up. I want to thank everyone for your continued viewership and comments and support. We're getting there, uh, slowly but surely growing and having a great time running the business here and looking forward to providing more and more content to all of you as we progress through the holiday season into 2018. So that's going to do it. This is Lon Sybin. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by my Patreon supporters, including Gold Level Supporters, the Black and Blues Music Hour podcast, is Allegretta and Kalyan Kumar. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to Lon.tv slash Patreon to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lawn.tv slash s.